Lord God, take my words this morning and speak through them. Take our hearts this morning and speak to them. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence and we ask you to bring conviction to our hearts through the living word that you will initiate healing and transformation in our lives. We ask this all for the glory of your great name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So please be seated and you can turn in your leaflets. Just turn back to page four. We're going to be looking at the reading from Romans this morning. This is Fourth of July weekend, and this weekend prompts reflection on freedom, causes us to think about what is freedom. Well, I think of freedom is freedom to do things. Think about those that were seeking freedom from England. They were seeking freedom to worship many of them, freedom to do things. Then there was freedom to not do things. They were seeking freedom to not pay taxes to England. Today, I want us to consider freedom from enslavement, freedom from oppression, as we look at this word from Romans. I have a friend who grew up in the United Kingdom, in Britain, in the 70s and 80s, and his family regularly visited and vacationed on Jersey Island. It's a British island right off the coast of France. Well, that island had a dark history as it was occupied by Nazi Germany from 1940 to 1945. He said that the effects of that occupation were still readily visible as he visited more than 40 years later. On that island, prisoners of war from World War II were forced to build fortifications and also to build an underground hospital to care for the wounded German soldiers that were wounded during the fight in France. The island's British inhabitants endured severe food shortages and fuel shortages, and news from the United Kingdom was banned on the island. Many were put in prison just for listening to their radios to try to hear what was actually happening. So those British citizens, isolated, subjected to German propaganda, not knowing who would win the war, those islanders had a choice to make. Submit to and align with the occupiers or refuse to submit to their authority and resist in an effort to remain aligned with their fellow citizens on the mainland. Some on Jersey Island, trying to make the best of the situation, collaborated with the Germans. Others resisted and suffered for their actions. Their decisions would stay with them all their lives for generations, either as a source of pride for what they did during that occupation or as a source of shame and regret. Now, I tell you that story because you all face a similar dilemma every day. Whether you're a child, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, you live in a world and in a culture occupied by forces that are seeking to destroy you. But that world 
is also inhabited by the living God, who through his plan for salvation offers citizenship in his kingdom, including new life and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So every day you have a similar choice to make as the islanders did. You could submit to and align with the rulers and priorities of this age, or you can resist and submit to the king, the Lord God Almighty, an entirely different ruler. Many of you, perhaps the majority of you, have faith in Jesus Christ. And by that faith, you live in what Paul describes in our reading from Romans as the newness of life. Now, how many of you have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? That's as I expected. Most hands went up. All of you who are baptized, therefore, you have what Paul refers to in verses 3 and 4. So take a look as I read this. Paul says, do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So therefore, by your baptism, you have a new life. You have a new king. And you have true freedom. So now let's read together verses 6 and 7. So if you're willing, read along with me. We know that our old self was crucified with him. In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. By your faith and your baptism, you therefore have freedom from the dominion, from the rule of sin. And that's incredibly good news. That's incredibly good news. Thank you. Got to check every once in a while on y'all. That good news is freedom. Sin is not your king or overlord anymore. Look at verse 9. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. So as Christ, by his resurrection, as he is free from the dominion of death, by your baptism, you have died with him. And therefore, you also are free from the dominion of death. Verse 11. So you also... Paul literally says, in the same way, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
All who have faith in Jesus Christ, who are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you've received and therefore possess. It's yours. True freedom. Death is no longer your destiny. That calls for another. Amen. Amen. Sin is no longer the king who must be obeyed. You now have the freedom to resist sin, to resist temptation, to resist the priorities of this world. And you also have hope that the world does not have. Hope that when you stumble, when you fail, when you succumb to sin, you have access to forgiveness and restoration. By confession of your sin, you're restored back into right relationship with God. Without faith and salvation in Jesus' name, you remain enslaved. And that's the condition of all those who don't have faith. They think they're free. They live in slavery. In your freedom, you have a choice. You can choose to live in alignment with the king rather than with the powers of the age. And living that way, that freedom will look different to the world because new life is different than death. New life is different from death. As I ask you today to consider this, I want you to think, am I living this freedom? Are you living in alignment with the Lord, fed and strengthened daily with his holy word, living in community with other believers? Or is your life really indistinguishable, no different from the unfaithful who remain enslaved to the rulers of the age? Can you be identified by your life, by the way you're living? By your priorities as one with true freedom. Or do you just look like everybody else? The world will tell you, our culture will tell you that Christians aren't really free. Christians are enslaved to a tyrant God who needs to be either rehabilitated and brought up to date or just rejected entirely. The world and the culture are oblivious to their own enslavement. The full unmasked terror of the demonic powers around us is mercifully rarely seen. Those powers, however, are very crafty in their deceptions and twisting of God's truth. Sadly, many Christians have come to terms made a treaty with the rulers of this age so that in their lives the occupation now appears to be normal. They embrace the culture's priorities. They embrace the nation's priorities. They set those priorities before the priorities of the living God. Rather than pursuing the priorities of their new life, they miss out on the fruit of the Spirit. They miss out on the fruit of the kingdom of God, which Jesus initiated and is now among us. 
The world misses the point and therefore misses out on the fruit of freedom in Jesus Christ. You're free to be his beloved son, his beloved daughter, no matter how broken or sinful you are. You're free to know his presence in your joy and in your suffering. You're free to know your identity in Christ. So many in our culture are anxious and worried about their identity and who they are. In Christ, you know who you are. And you can live into God's command through Jesus Christ. Do not worry about anything. For your heavenly Father will care for you. You're free to live daily under his rule and under his lordship. His kingdom come. His will be done in your life rather than yours, rather than the culture's. Your king loves you with a steadfast love. Your king never leaves or forsakes you. Your king seeks not to destroy you, but to redeem you. To give you his new life, his new and abundant life, and to fill you with his peace that's beyond anything available in this world. Your king has suffered And therefore, he is with you when you're in pain. He is with you when you are suffering. He suffers with you and alongside you. Now, here's a quote attributed to C.S. Lewis. When the whole world is running towards a cliff, anyone who's running in the opposite direction appears to have lost their mind. Following Jesus will have a cost because you'll be moving in a different direction than the world. You will look different as you live live as a disciple. You will be identifiable as different and you may therefore be ridiculed, chastised, maligned. And at the same time that that's happening, as you honor your king, the king, Your Lord and Savior will enable you to be a light for those enslaved to sin. That they might see you going in the opposite direction. And perhaps ask you, where do you get your help? In Christ, you're no longer enslaved to sin. You have true freedom. Live, therefore, in newness of life. Feed yourself daily with his holy word. It's living and active. And allow his Holy Spirit to strengthen you in times of weakness. Pray and cry out when you're tempted, when you're struggling, when you're in sorrow or hurt or any other trouble. And allow him by his Holy Spirit to guide you each day. In Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And you are free. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.